we forecast prices and fundamentals. Whether you're a trader, producer, or consumer, you can hedge your bets with Montel's diverse forecasting portfolio. Contact us at salesatmontelnews.com for more info and a free trial. Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. This week's pod returns to the Nordic power market. In particular, we will discuss the widening differences between prices in different areas in the region amid interconnector outages, limited nuclear availability in Sweden and Finland, as well as a hydropower glut in Norway. We have two of the Nordic region's most experienced and respected analysts joining us this week. First of all, Eilert Ellefsen, a senior analyst, also known as Mr. Hydrology at Energy Quantified. Welcome back on the Montel Weekly Podcast, Eilert. Always good to have you on board. Thank you, Richard. It's nice to be uh, having a hydrology comment. I will also focus somewhat on the um, price uh, outlooks too. So I think this is also on my interest. Perfect. Absolutely. But but let's get to it then, Eilert, and, and, and start us off with the, the hydrology. What's happening? We see reservoir levels have fallen slightly in week 33, but they're still very strong. So, you know, are we still in this extreme situation and how long will it last? Yeah, I think we are still in a very extreme situation, uh, but it's very interesting that we now, uh, for the first uh, time uh, since the spring melt started, that we had uh, declining reservoir numbers. But this is after a very dry week. And uh, I think in general uh, that this is not over. I see still uh, some rising reservoir levels to come this uh, autumn. By normal weather conditions, of course. You expect this locked-in hydropower glut in in Norway to to continue then? Yes, because if we go to the details of Norway, we are currently uh, 9% uh, higher than normal, which means about 9 terawatt hours. And um, the normal curve of the reservoir is increasing from week 33 until um, mid of October. And I think this will also then be the case uh, this year if we get uh, normal weather conditions. Of course, uh, the um, export volume means uh, somewhat uh, for the reservoir curve and the production of hydropower. But in general, I don't expect that we'll get more than three to 4,000 megawatt export as an average throughout, let's say, nearly until New Year. And this means that the production will not be higher than the inflows before mid of mid of October, start of October, if we have normal conditions, even by rather strong hydropower production and nearly max output on the export cables. So this is, in effect, very bearish then? Well, uh, by normal conditions, it's still bearish, I would say. I have looked a bit on the precipitation variations that we can expect uh, from now, until end of October. I'm not looking further ahead, but just until end of October. And uh, I see that the variation band is about plus minus six terawatt hours. 
so that it can be six terawatt hours wetter than normal or six terawatt hours drier than normal in Norway until end of October. Which will be good news if we have uh, drier conditions, then uh, we will come much closer to the normal reservoir curve and we will see increased water values if we get into a dry scenario. But if we get into a normal or wet scenario, of course, wet will be very bearish, uh, even uh, longer than um, end of October. But I don't see uh, if we get into a wet scenario, there will be a lot of spilt water outside the power plants. And I think we can see on a national level reservoir number close to 95 percentage. Wow. In going into sort of mid to late October, I mean, that's that's quite uh, extreme. And we'll see what, as you say, the hydropower producers would then let this excess water run in, run in effect into the ocean. But what does this mean for prices? I mean, we've had we've seen the, the Nordic system price fell 84% year on year to, to 5.6 euros a megawatt hour in Q2. Could you say what you expect to happen for the rest of the year in a dry and wet scenario? Well, of course, in a wet scenario, I think the low prices will continue as we see now. It's important to comment on the, on the reservoir fillings that are a bit different in one region or one price zone, that's NO4 with a multi-year reservoir, so they can still save some water. But in all other price zones, we are now already in the level of 92, 93, 94 percentage filling. So uh, they cannot increase the reservoir levels so much, which means that they have to produce what they get into the reservoirs. And if it get wet and increased inflows, they just have to produce, uh, if, if possible, if the market is large enough, that means if the consumption is high enough or if they have some capacity on the export cables. But I think, first of all, by normal conditions, I believe that we will have um, the low water values until end of September. I don't see uh, any reason for increasing the water values uh, really before end of September because then coming to October there we will see declining reservoir fillings by normal conditions and then there could be a possibility for increasing the water values and um, the price zone prices in, in Norway. So we could eventually see an upturn from October onwards. But you mentioned in a dry scenario, this would be good news. I presume that's that's for the for the hydropower producers in Norway who are suffering very much with these very low prices. But conversely, you know, industry is maybe quite good news for industry, these low prices. So it brings me to my next question about demand and industrial consumption amid the COVID crisis. Have you seen a strong reduction here so far in the first half of the year? And do you, what do you expect for the rest of the year? Yeah, I haven't focused so strongly on the consumption in Norway, really, but I think it's about uh, two or three percentage lower than if we didn't have the COVID-19 infection. So I think it doesn't mean so much for the hydro situation. It means something that you have to, you cannot produce as much as by normal consumption, but uh, I don't see that have any effect really on the water values, given the uh, large uncertainty we we see in, in the precipitation possibilities. That's the key driver here, not so much on the demand side. How do you see 
you know, other elements like wind, maybe increased wind production coming in? That's, of course, more topic for SA1 than SA2, the Swedish price zones. So, yeah. Of course, sure. that means something for the Norwegian price zones, but it doesn't mean so much. So it's it's for Sweden. It means something. If you have uh, precipitation, high reservoirs in uh, SA1, SA2, and strong wind, of course, uh, the prices will be kept maybe even lower than by. <laughs> so it's uh, it's more uh, comes from Sweden, this uh, problem, the next uh, few months. Absolutely. And I think uh, we'll... Uh continue this discussion with our, our next guest. But in, in the meantime, Mailat, uh, thank you very much for joining the Montel Weekly podcast. Okay, thank you, Richard. Our next guest is Torayer Lilleholt, who's Head of Analysis at WhatSite. A warm welcome to you, Torayer, and, and welcome back on the pod. Yes, thank you. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, hopefully it has been a nice summer now, so we are ready for, for the autumn, for, for new challenges. Absolutely. So our previous guest talked a lot about the uh, hydrological situation in, in Norway in particular. How do you view this now and, and, and going forward? It's, of course, it has been a very interesting year. And uh, of course, we are very happy that the, we end up with a very good estimates for, for what we see is the actual uh, numbers. The final answer, I think, is the inflow and what we are able to produce in this system. And uh, Again, the hydro reservoir forecast is uh, important, and uh, the hydro has been extreme uh, during the, the both winter and uh, and the summer. So uh, it's okay to to see that uh, now we are in a yeah new new steps now to to try to look forward. Some of the areas have more control now, so we are very on the edge now because we could go both ways uh, still in the next couple of months because uh, September, October is a very wet month, especially in Norway. So uh, if you have a dry solution or a wet solution, we could still see very low prices and we can also go very fast at alternative prices uh, like the gas marginal cost. So it will be interesting still for a couple of months uh, in the hydro situation. But you have to mention now that the official numbers uh, in the hydro reservoirs uh, are less uncertain. So a lot of uncertainty is uh, uh, moved away from the market now because it's only soil and groundwater, and uh, that is not uh, it's limited uh, uncertainties in in those uh, reservoirs. Absolutely, so Tura, do you th- do you think then that the the Nordic system price, which you know fell massively year on year in in the second quarter of the year, do you? St- do you expect it to remain in single digits for the rest of the third quarter? It could happen, but as I mentioned here, we need a wet scenario because we have now started to get some control. And if we continue with normal, maybe a bit drier than normal, we could rather easily see prices going up and higher than 10 euros. And the system price is also affected a bit by the what we call it, the very high, more thermal production or capacity prices we see in Sweden and Finland, Baltic area. So, of course, the southern part of Norway could be uh, below 10 euros for a longer time. But uh, in total, I think we are going to some um, extent higher than 10 euros rather quick now. 
and we are already started this week, I think. So when you say control, you mean that's when the, the Hyderabad producers can judge when to when to use their reserves or not? Is that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I have very often said in the market that we need a hydrological balance in Norway alone below 10 terawatt hours in our numbers to get the control because then you could have a chance to, to choose to wait to produce later. Because that is the uh, very important thing here to to have a option to to produce later and uh, to see prices at a higher level, you could start changing the water values. But if you see that the hydro reservoirs will be full, but we still see potential for in some of the areas uh, NO1, NO2, and NO5 uh, at least, uh, you could get uh, close to 100% if the autumn is a bit uh, wet, and then you have the alternative close to, to zero again. So it's very digital that we can go from still very low prices, or we could also go up to, to very high prices uh, that we have not seen for a while, especially in the southern part of Norway, because uh, we will connect to Magna cost for gas uh, sometime uh, in the future here. But uh, it could uh, go faster than we, um, we see in the market at the moment, but it could also go uh, a lot slower. I mean, I think we've seen huge price variations internally across the Nordic region this year. Is this something we should expect uh, going forward? Or was there kind of anything that made this year more extreme than normal, Tordayet? Definitely, this year is extreme. Uh, I could just start some of the extreme uh, uh, things we have uh, recognized there. Uh, you could start with the extreme temperatures you had in the winter. We followed up with the extreme uh, high uh, snow accumulation, uh, especially for Norway. And you also uh, continued with record low nuclear production in Sweden both due to very low prices, but also due to more maintenance. And we also had uh, the extreme uh, high limitations in the um, exchange capacity. So that is very important for the uh, price deviations in, in the Nordic area. And in the end, you see extreme spilling of water and also extreme prices. So the prices in both Sweden, I think, uh, and in uh, Norway has been rather extreme. And the deviation between Sweden and, uh, for example, SA3 and NO1 is very extreme. Sometimes it's uh, closer together, but uh, at the moment, you see this week, it's very um, uh, high. And I see that there will be some um, more maintenance uh, or more production from uh, nuclear in Sweden back from maintenance next week. Uh, we also will see a bit more wind uh, that will help. And you also have um, a bit higher uh, or, or lower uh, temperatures, so the uh, consumption increase, that helps the connection between Sweden and Norway as well. So you could get more exchange. So in total, uh, I think uh, if we continue with uh, the wet weather we see in the forecast now, we might maintain the pressure on the southern part of Norway, but uh, the pressure on the upside, on the capacity prices in Sweden, uh, also Finland and Baltic, might be a bit uh, lower. So I think the prices will go a bit closer together in the following weeks. But uh, we are still have some pressure in the south of Norway, and I think the increase in water values might be postponed a bit with the weather forecast we see at the moment, if it's delivered, of course. So in, 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 when we're talking, I mean, both you and Ayla talk about the increasing in water, water values. This is the, the increase in the potential return for the, the stored hydropower. Is that correct, Torayot? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and we need to see the hydro reservoir start uh, declining. Uh, so that's why I talked about the, we need to go below 10 terawatt hours for a, a period before we could see more control, because it's 
on the limit now if it's a wet scenario wet weather a couple of weeks we are suddenly up at the 100 again in some of the price areas and then we'll maintain the very low prices in some areas so i mean this is interesting i think 2020 will probably always be seen as quite a unique year just because of the corona crisis but what you're you're saying today is also because there are extremes in terms of interconnector outages and also limited nuclear availability in sweden and finland so it's a kind of one-off in that respect as well if i understand you correctly yeah, of course. But you could say also that it will be the normal that there will be a lot of things happening in the market because it's a complex market. Uh, always something uh, will happen in, in both directions on the prices. So it could be new things happening in the next year. But uh, I think the hydro situation was extreme. And uh, I don't think that will be the, um, the the normal in the future, of course. So uh, Absolutely. We, we, shall, uh, we shall keep our eyes closely peeled on that. But um, yeah. if we continue you talking about price differences. The spread between the Nordic and the German frontier power prices are currently close to 20 euros a megawatt hour. Do you expect this gap to be closed anytime soon? What are the key drivers here? Yeah, um, I have seen lately, uh, looking back in during the summer as well, some periods where the Nordic market don't follow the fuel prices. So that is a bit interesting because that is, has increased the deviations because I think Germany, uh, the German market has followed the CO2 prices, gas prices uh, very closely. But uh, the Nordic markets has very often uh, not done that. So you have very often seen uh, a bit more bearish market in the Nordic market, even though the CO2 prices has increased. I believe that sometime in the future now, we will connect more to the gas prices. And that will uh, happen when the uh, control in the hydro system is uh, is better, of course. And you see the prices uh, for the winter are up at 40 euros on the marginal cost for gas. And of course, that is the upper limit uh, we could uh, expect for the Nordic markets, but we are way off on that. We are down to closer to 20 euros. So uh, of course, there's potential there but we we need to see the hydro on a, a lot better control and maybe uh, yeah, down to my, minus um, in the hydrological balance that will help the situation but of course um, into delivery i think we uh, We'll see this um, deviation between German market and the Nordic market to be uh, closer together, uh, but not much. Uh, it will be uh, up to five to ten euros uh, less, I believe. So, um, but uh, it's uh, it's had, has increased a lot during the past month. Of course, you started the year I think uh, up at eighteen uh, euros as well. So we had a maximum up at above twenty euros uh, on this spread. And we are still close to 20. I think uh, that is a high number uh, in the future. Uh, but we have seen this year, that has been uh, the extreme year in Nordic. That is the example that you could get up to 20 euros in deviations. But uh, that will not be the normal in the future, I believe. Interesting. I mean, do you think then that the, the short-run marginal cost of coal-fired plants is, is not that relevant anymore, Torayed? Definitely, it's relevant for... Uh, a lower amount of hours because you still need some coal production and you see that uh, it's gas and lignite that are competing with each other now. So uh, that is also interesting because uh, gas is uh, taking a lot more hours of the uh, production uh, volumes. Also, uh, lignite will be uh, removed already uh, 
this summer and last summer you saw that and that is important for the CO2 um, volumes again so that is also why we see a downside in the uh, emissions uh, from CO2 so that is also interesting to see how that will develop because the CO2 market is still very important for both gas and coal marginal cost and again I think coal is still in the years uh, different uh, price mix. Yeah, so we still need to keep an eye very much on what's happening in in the in the old dirty fuel market, but um we've talked a lot of bit about supply here today. What what's happening on the demand side? I mean, have we seen much of the impact? I know we talked early in the year about uh, the impact on demand from the COVID-19 pandemic, but uh, what what are you seeing here? Then you have to uh, look uh, into future because there's a lot of things happening if you look 5, 10, 15 years ahead. So that uh, that would be very interesting. But if you look uh, more short term, of course, uh, we have seen that the uh, COVID-19 has affected the Nordic market uh, very uh, limited, I think. It's a lot more uh, things happening on the European uh, consumption. We see also the industry has been more affected in in Europe. So the industrial consumption is going down. But that again, is affecting the Nordic market, but you see the price deviations. So uh, consumption in, in the Nordic market will definitely increase. We look at a lot of uh, different uh, things triggering that. You see new industry uh, connected to, to Norway. We have a type of battery factories that will be uh, established in, in Norway, for example, using more consumption. All the electricity from electric vehicles and electrification all over in the um, in the oil sector and, and different areas. So I think uh, more development we see now, the higher the consumption will be. So that will also meet the, uh, the supply side from production. So uh, demand is also increasing in this system. So uh, I think in the new version of the long-term price forecast, we have to increase the uh, consumption estimates. uh, And that will maintain a high expectation for for prices also in the future, even though we are building out a lot of new renewables. You know, it's very interesting to say because you you see that, uh, you know, some of the heavy industry, traditional heavy industry in the Nordic region, such as, you know, aluminium or or, or paper and pulp, uh, you know, their, their demand may be falling slightly but these new industries are growing you know as you mentioned you know um, new digital in uh, part of the new digital re- revolution so that sees the arrows for demand p- pointing upwards there then Toray, if that's uh, if i get you correctly yeah so it would be very interesting to follow the market in the next uh, five ten years because i think there will see a lot of changes and also new technology will uh, definitely uh, rule this market we can also go into the uh, hydrogen and the battery uh, uh, technology could be uh, definitely changing the market. I think there's certainly a lot to talk about in coming podcasts with you, Toraya. So I look forward to discussing these in in more detail. But uh, thank you very much for for joining us this week, uh, Toraya, and uh, have a great uh, weekend. Yes, thank you. Same to you. Bye-bye. That's about all from the Montel Weekly Podcast this week. A big thank you to Toraya and Eilert for an in-depth discussion on the multiple factors currently driving the Nordic power prices. You can also listen to Eilert and several other speakers at Montel's Nordic Energy Day webinar next week on the 27th of August. Remember to keep up to date with all our stories on Montel News, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.